Welcome back to the show, everyone. I am your host, Kylie Larson, and today I'm back with my podcast bestie, Allie Dameron, and we are going to help you overcome the overwhelm when it comes to nutrition. Look, you guys, I understand it is noisy out there. You are drowning in information and starving for knowledge, right? I wish that were an original quote by me, but it's not. I think it's a Tony Robbins. We're going to break down what you actually need to be focusing on. Do you need to eat organic? Do all these supplements really matter? Do you need to be running all of these tests? I know for myself, if I start getting bogged down in all of those details, I get overwhelmed. And when I get overwhelmed, I freeze. I don't go into overdrive like some people. I freeze and then I don't do anything. And so if you are one of those people or you are just feeling so confused right now and you know you need to be doing something in order to be healthy or you just feel like you are spinning your wheels doing all of these things and it's making you feel burnt out and even more stressed, listen to today's episode. We are going to help you decipher what matters most when it comes to your nutrition and your health. Now, before I dive into today's episode, I have to share something with you guys as spring like really gets here. As I record this, it is still cloudy in Denver, but I want to tan and I have recently become an affiliate for Glow Pro Tans. It's a self-tanner I've been using for over a year now. I truly love it. I am an affiliate and I want to share the good word with you. You can order your own self-tanner at glowprotans.com. And if you use coupon code Larson, you'll save 15%. I've shared some images on my social media. It works. It's not orangey. It does not stink. It does not run. And you get instant color. And when I say instant, I mean like in three minutes. But again, go check out glowprotans.com. Use coupon code Larson, or you can just click the link in the show notes to connect to Glowprotans. And without further ado, here are me and Allie breaking it all down for you. So Allie Dameron and I are back, and I honestly wish you would have heard our conversation before I hit record because... You know, what's so wonderful, I think, about Allie and I talking, and I'll let Allie introduce herself in just a second in case you don't know her, is we work with very similar types of women, and there's like universal truths. And so today, one of the universal truths that we're going to be talking about is how oftentimes people are overcomplicating things when it comes to nutrition and, and fitness, but also sometimes you think you're doing something that's healthy, but it's actually not. So it really boils down to you understanding what's in your food, what is the macronutrient content, what is the calorie content of this, so that you can make educated decisions. So just in case someone doesn't know you, Allie, can you uh, tell everyone about yourself real quick? Sure. So thanks for having me. My name is Allie Dameron. I am an acupuncturist. I have a fully virtual practice now where I work with women on hormones. Um, And so that encompasses everything from teenage girls all the way to postmenopausal and kind of just all the different seasons of life that we go through. And I really have a passion for simplifying holistic health. I think it's just so inaccessible and so extreme in a lot of ways that people just can't do it. Right. And Mm -hmm. so I just, I don't think it has to be complicated. I don't think that it has to be super time consuming and expensive. I always tell my patients, like it can't be a full-time job. And so that's really kind of my mission with health. So with that being said, let's talk about it. What are the biggest things that someone needs to be doing for health? Not necessarily 
weight loss, but I feel if you're doing healthy things, things are going to fall into place. What would you say are the biggest rocks? So, yeah, I think that there's like some foundational things. I think, you know, getting in nutrient dense foods. So Mm -hmm. that's animal proteins and that's fruits and vegetables and, um, fiber, like basic, just whole good nutrient dense foods. It doesn't mean that we can't, you know, we'll talk about it. I'm sure, you know, eat some of the more like processed foods and treats and things like that. Cause I think that they can fit into your lifestyle, but, um, you know, we know that minerals and vitamins come from our food, amino acids and enzymes and things like that. And we need those. And so, you know, I think fitting that into your lifestyle is important. I also think moving our body. Mm-hmm. So I like strength training. Um, but if somebody is very opposed to strength training, like at least walking, moving our body, doing some yoga, some, some form of movement is helpful. Um, and I also think sleep mm-hmm. is helpful. And I also think, so again, these are all just like such nuanced conversations because you hear so many like wellness professionals and practitioners and health coaches and influencers and whatever saying like, you got to sleep. If you don't sleep, you're not going to be healthy. And I just think like even the power of suggestion with that is actually not helpful because if you think that you have to sleep and you're putting like all this pressure to sleep, like you're probably not going to sleep great with that. And I also think that, I mean, I was a part of this population for a lot of years with young kids that makes people with young children that like don't have control over their sleep just feel like they can't be healthy like it's just sort of like a crutch that's there it's like okay well I can't sleep so anyways real quick too I feel that that thing cascades well if I can't do this perfectly then I'm not going to worry about this exactly the wheels fall off exactly yeah so none of these things are about perfection um it's more sleep like try not to work until all hours of the night, try not to watch Netflix until all hours of the night, like try to prioritize that in some way that you can. Um, and then I also think, you know, I talk a lot about stress, um, and not stress management in the way that we need to just sit in meditation and do self-care all the time, but more our perception of our stressors and trying to send ourselves messages of safety. The world's a safe place. We're okay. We're empowered instead of, oh my God, I'm so stressed. I'm overwhelmed. I can't do this. Um, Those are all messages that's going to turn your nervous system into a place of fight or flight, which is going to take away from a lot of other processes in your body. Yeah. You know, one of, in one of our conversations, this might've even been two years ago, Ali, you said something that I, I refer to all the time and you were saying like, sometimes even stress gets a bad rap because stress is not necessarily bad. And right. us thinking that we can't deal with the stress is really disempowering. So yes. when you we were talk- talking to, you know, I don't know if it was a group or just you and I talking about how we are designed to handle stress and we can, that mm-hmm. helped me shift my perspective too. So I love when you yeah. talk about that, how I resilient that- we are. Yeah, I think it's a really important conversation because I also think, you know, I've gone through different health conditions in my own life where stress has been a big player in those. And, you know, especially like in acupuncture school, everyone was like, gosh, you're under so much stress. You need to reduce your stress. And I got to a place where I was like, okay, so I have to like sleep perfectly. I have to um, not be stressed. And I almost like got scared of being stressed. Like I tried to steer away from things that would be stressful. Um, and that was in turn, just giving my brain the message that like, you're not resilient. You can't handle anything. 
um, life is really scary and dangerous and that's just not a good place to be. And so I think just kind of flipping that and being like, okay, I am resilient. I can handle whatever comes my way. I've handled everything that's come my way so far, even if it hasn't been super graceful or perfect, if you have handled it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that just m- more empowered stance really does make your brain feel like, okay, she's got this. It's fine. We're okay. I agree. And going back to like the mindset and also the sleep aspect of it and their seasons of life where we don't have as much control. We also have a member right now who's working with some injuries and Mm -hmm. she's, she's done with her fat loss phase, but she's concerned that she won't be able to build muscle Mm -hmm. in maintenance because of her limitations due to her physical body. And I was like, I don't want you to even think about that. Like, of course, you'll still be able to build muscle. I don't want you to think you can't build muscle because you're working with some injuries. Because I think that all boils down to mindset. Because the minute I tell her, oh yeah, you're not gonna be able to build muscle because you can't do deadlifts. Like yeah. that's not helping anything. <laughs> no, there's like this whole idea of placebo versus nocebo. And I know everyone like wants evidence-based and scientific back things, which I am a hundred percent here for. Like that's the only way I practice medicine. Mm-hmm. But I also believe that you're body and brain does what it thinks it should do. Like what you give it is what you're going to get back. So if you continuously are telling yourself, I can't build muscle, I can't be healthy. I have imbalanced hormones. I'm always stressed. I'm an anxious person. Like that's what you're going to get back. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, that's where I have a huge problem with like the marketing and the wellness industry, because a lot of it is based on fear. A lot of it's based on like scaring the crap out of people thinking that like, our environment super toxic. And anytime we touch, I saw something the other day that talked about receipts. So like receipts that you get from a store have BPA on them. They in theory are air quote toxic, but it's like, what are we going to do about that? Are we going to like wear gloves when we go to the store? I mean, it just gets to a point where it's like, okay, you get so freaked out of your environment and so scared of your food and so scared of anything that you touch and so scared of your products that like, that's a really detrimental way to live too. And that's called the nocebo approach. If you go to a practitioner that says you're not going to be able to do X, Y, Z, like for people with back pain, for example, like if, you know, if you're like, okay, well, you're going to be in pain for the rest of your life. You need to get chiropractic adjustments three times a week forever. Like that's a huge, huge detriment to healing Mm -hmm. versus if you had a trusted source, tell you a a doctor provider, whatever, Hey, you're going to be okay. This is going to heal. We're going to get you there. Um, you have the power to do this. Like that's a way different message. And someone's going to walk out of an office feeling like, okay, there's not something severely wrong with me. I'm okay. I can heal. Mm -hmm. I'm okay. Like that's so different. And that's like just the placebo versus nocebo effect. It's fascinating. And it's, it's one of those things too. It's hard to communicate with clients and patients. We can't necessarily quantify the whole mindset thing. And I feel sometimes people brush it off, but it's so important. It's just, it's like, I mean, they've done studies on it with like cancer patients, literally people that get like the same stage four cancer diagnosis and a doctor's like, you can beat this. You're okay. We're going to get you there. This chemo's working, like all of those positive things versus like you, you basically better plan your funeral now. Like you're going to die of this. Like there's a lot less fight in that person. Yeah. They sort of succumb to that disease. They have quantified it. It is a thing. It's amazing. In so many ways. Yeah. So the other thing, like talking about being an educated consumer, 
and taking control of all this. Before we got on the phone, Allie and I were talking about these health food products that aren't necessarily serving you. Right. And because they're health food products, mm-hmm. we end up eating more of them. So can you talk a little bit about that, Allie? Yeah. Yeah. So it is really fascinating. There's a lot of people that do like the swaps. And so you had interviewed Dr. Adrian and he talks a lot about this. And so I'm going to completely give him credit here because it really um, made me think of one today where he talks about like siete tortilla chips. Mm -hmm. So it's made of cassava flour versus like corn. um, And it's made with avocado oil instead of like seeded vegetable oils. Um, which is like the normal tortilla chip. And it's about four times the cost per serving um, than a normal bag of tortilla chips. Plus most people believe, again, going back to mindset, that this siete, because it's made of air quote, like better ingredients that you can eat more of it, Mm -hmm. but it still is a fried oil, not amazing for us anyways, even though it's avocado oil, um, still not what I would call nutrient dense, like health food. And we feel like we can just eat more of it because it's maybe lower calorie or maybe it's healthier ingredients. And so we consume more of it because it just feels better. It Mm. feels like the marketing obviously worked. And so, you know, talking about like swaps and things like, I mean, swapping from a Siete tortilla chip to a regular one, like it's going to be such a small dial mover. For $4, I'm not going to make that switch. No, it just (laughs) is like these things that we're really micro-focused on, like that or like the halo ice cream you had mentioned versus like Haagen-Dazs or um, protein bars versus a candy bar. Yes, I was just thinking about that. You know, all kinds of different like products out there that we just think of as like health food from the way that they're marketed. Um, really a lot of people are super highly focused on that. And that's where like Instagram, there's a million posts a day about that. And it's just honestly like such a small dial mover. And in fact, if I know we're not necessarily talking about weight loss, but if weight loss is a goal, it probably is making it worse because I shared that I get Lily's chocolate chips. So like one of my favorite things on the planet and they're made with stevia instead of pure sugar. And they are a little, I think a little lower calorie than like a normal chocolate chip, but sometimes I will like go grab a handful of that if I want whatever. And I talk about this a lot, like that I purposefully give myself like sweets or things like that. So I don't feel deprived Yes. because um, deprivation is like the worst for me. And so I do it. But the other day I was tracking macros and I was like, I don't have very much food left today. And I don't feel like I ate that much food today. And I had like gone back to the cabinet, like a few different times. I was working in my kitchen that day and I looked and I was like, those Lily's chocolate chips that like were 17 calories, 30 calories a pop added up to like 150 calories. Uh-huh. Like, okay. So I should have just eaten a normal candy bar or also something that might've made me full yes. because now I'm hungry. Yes. Well, I was talking about the, the ice cream, the low fat ice cream. You made such a great point because it's lower in fat. We end up overeating it because in our minds, it's a better choice, 
But if you eat 300 calories of low fat ice cream and you still want more, you should have just had a serving of regular ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. the thing is, we're like you said, we're being marketed to. Yeah. They know exactly what they're doing when they put high fiber, low net carb, or whatever on on the ingredients. Just like my husband and I joke all the time. Um, all these Cheetos are gluten free. These are healthy. Yeah. yeah. Potato chips, gluten free. Um, yeah, no, I know. It is really crazy. And I think, you know, even like the ice cream conversation, like I think that they want you to feel like you can eat the volume of things. And they also, I think in Halo, they have protein in there, right? Yes. Is it like mm-hmm. A little bit. Okay. Um, but like not a ton for the volume. No, no it's like no. 10 grams. It's nominal. Yeah. It's for 300 calories or something. Yeah. Let's pull it up. Let's yeah. See. So like, you know, that should be 10 grams of protein should be 40 calories. Yes. 10 grams of protein should be 40 calories. Yes, it is. Let's see. Halo. Gosh, I haven't had Halo in a long time. It's not, it's not coming up. <laughs> ice cream because I switched. Like, I was like, I'm not spending my money on this anymore because yeah, it's not giving me what I think it is. And also if you just have the real thing, it's more satisfying in a lot of ways. You can usually do less of it mm-hmm. and there's fat in it, which fat is satisfying. So some of these like really low fat treats, like just mm-hmm. don't do it. They just no. don't do it. So a serving, which is half a cup has three grams of protein. Okay. So <laughs> this yeah. is for the salted caramel okay. ice cream. So it's yeah. not really a, a protein treat. Right. So I think on the container, they market that there's 10 grams of protein. That's for the entire yes. container. Mm-hmm. That's about 300 calories or whatever. So you can just see, like, you just have to be such a savvy consumer. And, you know, I like mull all of this through my head all the time. And sometimes it just makes me so honestly kind of sad. I'm like, gosh, just, you know, people just have to be so savvy now. Um, well, what are the other things? Like what, what are these other things that we see people doing that they think they're doing something that's helpful, but it's not actually, is there anything else besides these health foods? So, you know, I think we can go on to talk a, a little bit more about like um, in my world, like products and oh, yeah. herbs and that is a whole other container of things that um, is a whole other problem. I think uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people, I mean, the supplement industry is very big, very mm-hmm. broad. Um, a lot of people are just taking fistfuls of supplements every single day. And it's, you know, I'm a big fan first off of getting as many nutrients as you can through food-based sources, because your body just can assimilate them so much better mm-hmm. when you're taking synthetic vitamins and minerals and things like that. Your body just doesn't do as well. They're not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, you know, sort of like simplifying that conversation a little bit and realizing that like, you can get a lot of these other things through food sources is something that I've had a lot of conversations with patients with lately. Um, well, and if you're saying that it means a lot because you yeah. prescribe supplements, but you only subscribe them, prescribe them when they are necessary, 
But like if Ellie is saying this to us, yeah. it's true. It's gospel as far as I'm concerned. Like, yeah. uh, <laughs> this conversation just came up in our Revive program. We're talking about supplements for perimenopause. And mm. some people are talking about all the stuff that they're on. Yeah. And one woman said, I'm not on anything. And I was like, yeah, me either. Unless Allie prescribes it to me, I'm not going to take it. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, like I take some stuff, a lot of it's food-based things mm -hmm. um, just because there's like little gaps and stuff, but yeah, I, you know, I think like the whole functional medicine um, industry, I think there's some fantastic ones out there. I also think that there's some total fraudulent ones out there as well. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, people that are on all of these really intense protocols and having to take multiple supplements a day, hundreds of dollars a month on supplements. Like that just really doesn't resonate with me. And I just think ethically, like I, I just have a really huge problem with it. Here's a question. Yeah. A lot of people are into time restricted eating. Is this a macro or is this a micro? Does it matter in your opinion? No, I don't think it matters at all. <laughs> like, in fact, you know, in terms of like intermittent fasting, I think that people need to understand the whole conversation. So the conversation around people who love intermittent fasting is your body fasts overnight, goes through your whole glycogen stores. They're empty in theory in the morning. And then your body turns into fat burning mode. Everyone's like, great. We want our body to burn fat. Perfect. But also there's things that happen when that happens. So your body has really low blood sugar when you wake up because it's gone through everything at night and your body really should be fairly hungry from around seven to 9am. Like that's a time that a lot of people eliminate their bowels, a lot of metabolism or metabolic processes kind of speed up. Our body is based on a circadian rhythm. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of things happen at certain points in the day. Um, and when we switch over to fat burning mode and your brain's like, okay, so she's not going to give us food. We need to have some source of fuel, which can be glucose or fat. Your body will switch over to fat, but it's a really expensive process. Mm -hmm. Your body has to increase cortisol, increase adrenaline, like go through this expensive process to do that. And so our bodies naturally want to burn glucose. That's the first source of fuel that it wants. And I think that a lot of people are worsening like a ton of symptoms, like hormonal symptoms, because we know that if adrenaline and cortisol, our stress hormones are high a lot, that's going to deplete minerals and nutrients and cause inflammation and slow down your digestive process. Um, it's going to decrease your bile acids and enzymes in your body. It can slow down motility. It can um, decrease estrogen, progesterone, DHEA, testosterone, neurotransmitters. Like it, it is expensive to do that. Mm -hmm. It impacts our thyroid. So we're not like hearing the other side of the story here. And honestly, for weight loss, like the biggest thing is a caloric deficit. Mm -hmm. That literally is the whole thing. And a lot of people that fast, if you just don't eat for 16 hours a day, like most of the time that's going to afford you a caloric deficit. Right. Well, one thing that I learned from the Dr. Stacy Sims course was that as females, we are at our maximum fat burning capacity. Um, and 
a certain part of our cycle. I can't remember which part of our cycle it is. My mind is going blank. But we already have that. Our bodies are already optimized to burn fat. Adding intermittent fasting on top of that isn't going to give us any benefits. Yeah. I just think that it's much more expensive than the benefits. Like I think the risk benefit analysis, we always have to do that with everything. It's much more risky for people to do that, especially long-term. If you do it a couple of days, whatever, not a big deal. But if you're going to do it every single day, 16 hours or longer for ever, like I've been working with people who've done it for over five years now. It's not good. It's not good. Well, and so let's add all this stuff together. So let's say you're hearing all these benefits without hearing the cost, but because it's marketing, we're being marketed to about why fast intermittent fasting is so great for us. And then we're taking all these supplements that we see people need to tell us that people tell us we need to take. And then we're switching from regular pizza to cauliflower pizza, which is not doing us any favors and eating the protein ice cream, but we're still not seeing any results. And then we feel like we're not capable of making change. Right. I agree. And that's the other thing. Like these things aren't benign either. Like we talked about kind of like physiologically, but also mentally, like if you keep making these swaps and trying harder and harder and harder and just don't see results. I mean, I have a lot of patients that come to me that feel so defeated. Like a lot of people cry on the phone calls with me because they feel so defeated. And I honestly feel for them. Like it really is, is sad, um, that they feel that way, but the basics don't, they're not marketable. Mm-mm. Like intermittent fasting is marketable. Supplements are marketable. These like products, these health products, they're marketable. Eating your protein, staying in a caloric deficit, just doing the basics, getting out for a walk. Like they're not marketable things. Because they can't be sold. Right. You Because there cannot be money made off of them. You will not see them marketed. Right. But that is the whole thing. Like Mm -hmm. that is what we need to do. Yep. And so it just, these things that you're buying and these, these products and stuff, they're just not going to be the dial mover. And I think the other thing too is, so these basic things, we also need to do them for an extended period of time. Right. You can even say more than a year. Like this is a lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. So people, they just, they cannot see, they can't move past. I can't believe I'm going to have to do this forever. They're not willing to make that sacrifice, right? but it's what you have to do in order to get what it is that you truly want. And it comes back to that theme of delayed gratification. I do think we talk a lot about instant gratification too, because there isn't any with like a lot of these things Uh, going on a daily walk is not going to see any results for a long time. Mm -hmm. And you may never fully see it because we can't compare you 10 years later, if you go on a daily walk to someone who didn't like Mm -hmm. yourself, as if you didn't, there is going to be a huge difference, Mm -hmm. but we'll never know that full difference. Um, and I also just think, so I have done this for a long time. And I think people that feel like, Oh my God, I have to do this forever. They need to slow down. Like if you're feeling like this is really hard, this isn't a lifestyle, I'm white knuckling it, I can't do this. We need to slow down to something that we can do that's attainable. So like 
pick one thing, pick your daily walk, pick three strength training workouts a week, pick getting your protein, pick trying to fit a vegetable or a produce in a day, pick trying to prioritize sleep, like pick something that's going to be the biggest dial mover. That's what I do with my patients a lot. Like depending on their goals and their lifestyle, I'm like, okay, what is going to be the biggest dial mover? Cause people do need wins. Mm-hmm. They can't oh, just yes. do this forever and not see anything. So people need to feel like they're seeing some progress. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've done this. You've done this where we flip our lifestyle on the lid. Like every January I used to go through my pantry and throw everything out and say, I'm going to do all of these crazy workouts and eat bird food and be perfect. And it was so miserable. Yep. Hated it. Mm-hmm. And so that's, also, I think like when people do want to do the foundations, like they just do too many of them at once. That's a really good point. Well, and two, I, so let's say you are a macro tracker and you hear us talking about being in a caloric deficit. Not only should you not be in a caloric deficit all the time, you yeah. don't have to be. So that even that, that caloric deficit, yes, these habits are forever, but eating in a deficit is not forever. So to me, that helps me. Okay. I've got 12 weeks that I'm going to be in a deficit that helps me be compliant. Cause I'm like, after this is done, I'm going to go back to eating at maintenance. I mean, this is kind of a different conversation. Yeah. totally. Though. Yeah. yeah. You have to understand that it's, you're going to be able to ramp it up sometimes and you can turn it down, but you don't have to do it all at once. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's like such a huge thing. And I also think, I mean, this is going to sound like a little bit corny, but I've been having this conversation with people a lot because I have people that want to lose wedding weight for like weddings or, um, events, or they just, the only conversation around women's body has always been to shrink it. Yeah. There's never been a conversation for a lot of us around getting stronger or being healthier or running faster or walking easier or whatever. And so I always, I'm like, okay, I know you want to lose weight, but like, let's think about a different goal here. And like, let that naturally happen, but let's, um, you know, think about other aspects of this. Let's think about the fact that you don't just want to be skinnier, but like, maybe you want to show up differently. You want to show up as a different person. You want to have more energy. You want to be able to play with your kids easier. Like we got to have a different why it just, you've seen this in your lifetime in this industry. I have too. It never freaking works to just want to be skinnier the instant gratification of a night out with friends and getting drinks and appetizers is always going to overweigh that. Yeah. It's, um, I just shared in our VIP, a photo of a friend of mine who has been in an actual muscle building mode and in a, you know, year's timeframe, she is intentionally put on 20 pounds. And I wanted to share that with women to have a different frame of reference. Yes. Most people have never seen that in action. No. And they don't understand that she did that on purpose. Like why on earth would you gain 20 pounds on purpose? Because that is, that is how you build muscle. I'm not saying you have to do it. I just want you to know that's an option for you. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, this is a whole different conversation, but I do just think like the only goal for women has ever been even, even people, in my opinion, like the, the wellness industry, which I know you and I, a while back did it like a couple of years ago at this point, did a whole episode about this, but the wellness industry, a lot of times is still about being skinny. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, it still is about weight loss. It still is about women shrinking their bodies. It still is not 
empowering women still. And I just think that the only conversation we've ever had around changing our body in any way Mm -hmm. has been that. Yeah. What else has it been? It, it, I cannot think of another message that I've been sent. No, no, nothing. If you're going to want to like undergo any sort of protocol or diet or fitness routine or anything, it's to get smaller for the most part. Yeah. I mean, maybe like a runner, like trying to finish a race, but I argue that a lot of runners, not all, but myself, when I did marathons, it was to get smaller. Oh yeah. Everyone asks like, well, Kylie says don't run. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not telling you not to run. I think running is awesome. Today's a beautiful day to go for a run. I want you to be understanding the intention behind it. Why are you doing it? Yeah. You're doing it to make yourself smaller, to be skinnier, to burn off the carton of ice cream that you ate last night. Like it's, that's what I'm interested in. Why? I never thought about it like that, Ellie. Mm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything so else? Like you just see? flip the conversation. I just, I mean, like just mulling this over in my head with like how complex the wellness industry is, the shrinking of women's bodies, the like gut health protocols that everyone's on the, it's just, it's just too much. It's just all too much. Well, and also you and I work with a lot of people who are in the industry. Yeah. Yeah. So It's like the people who are helping you, I have had my own issues, but the people who are out there helping you also have their own issues that they're working through. So you have to be really mindful, like of who you're working with. You do. Yeah. You definitely want to know who you're working with, where they come from, what their philosophies are, what their values are in their practice and make sure they align. Like if they do great. Um, but there's a lot of people who um, you know, unfortunately I, I hate to even bring, say this this way, but ethics are not, maybe they're strong suit. Yeah. And so you really want to make sure that you're working with someone ethical. That's going to say, yes, you need this. No, you don't. Yes. Um, that truly has your best interests at heart. Mm-hmm. Like I, you refer a lot of people to me for like the Dutch test and, um, you know, a lot of people will, will come and ask about it. And if, if they don't need it, like they don't need it. Ah, fine. Not everyone needs it. Oh, I um, love hearing that. You don't yeah. need this. Not everyone needs everything. <laughs> oh, that's so true. And I will say this. I feel, and maybe I'm being hopeful and it's just my small sample size that I see. I do see the younger, a younger generation of women who are it's not like when you and I were in high school and we went, went to the gym. When I go to the gym, I don't see any of the girls, the high school girls on treadmills, on Stairmasters. They no, are lifting weights. Really? It's unreal. Yeah. And I, I try and like, without being a weird old lady, like, so um, <laughs> what are you lifting weights for? You know, what sport do you do? And it's just amazing. I, I do think the conversation is shifting. They're, what's crazy is they all have these really it sounds so weird they all leave these really nice butts yeah and I don't know about you Allie like when I was in high school I didn't have a butt I didn't have no this- me neither they are they-, they do have like very nice butts and yeah. very uh I mean I think they're just have a lot of collagen yeah still a lot of human growth hormone they still have all the things and then like 
dang, I wish I would have lifted at that age. Oh my gosh. It's unbelievable. But I'm like, keep doing what you're doing because it would be amazing. Like, you know, you and I are clearly doing the work on our own and we're helping other women do the work. And if there could be the next generation or the generation following that, that doesn't have to do all this shit. Wouldn't that be amazing? It would be just so amazing. Just like be. Yeah. I mean, I don't even care if I'd be out of a job. I would be so happy. I know. I would be so happy too. I literally, I know. You and I, we could go work at Target and like... Just like see all the young people and be like, good job, man. I, I'm out of a job from you, but great. <laughs> oh my gosh, Allie. Was well, there anything else you feel like we need to mention? I don't think so. I, I hope that this like wasn't too much of a like Debbie Downer conversation and just like gave people some food for thought that like this really can be simple. We don't have to do all of these crazy things. Like you just turn a blind eye to a lot of it, honestly. I agree because it it gets so noisy when you get like the biohackers that are in there telling you, you know, like our bodies are are made to do this. It just, I know that sounds like so cliche, but honestly, we just don't have to do all of these crazy things. It's fine. It's fine. And I, I just, we need to hear that because we're getting doomsday messages from everybody else. Like, don't eat the seed oil. You will die. Don't use plastics. Like <laughs> I'm a fan of like switching over to a steel water bottle, like yeah. where you can avoid some things, right? Your vegetables, like, yes. It's like, can. even with my beauty counter stuff, right? I use it because it has better ingredients, but right. also I don't freak out if I can't, if I have to put like a regular lotion on my skin, or if I don't like our mascara, I'll buy a regular mm-hmm. mascara. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just little things. Every little bit is fine. Do what you can. Yeah. It's not helpful to create a population that's scared. Yeah. It's just not like that. Mm-hmm. I, um, you know, have seen so many different things in my own industry that have just scared people. And I've seen the implications of that and the impacts. It's not helpful. No. Well, and when you think about um, fear mm-hmm. and shame and guilt as emotions, right? they're low vibrating emotions. Yeah, no. And so they no. keep us down. Yeah. And that's not even, there's actual, like, this is a scientific thing too. You want joy, you want love. That's what's going right. to allow you to grow and level up. But if you're stuck in fear because you're afraid to touch the receipt that you just got at CVS for your, who knows, for your CSA chips, like, right. I know. Like, it's just, these are just like such micro things that people are focused on. And it honestly, like, um, in the scheme of like living our best life, it just is, it is, it's like low vibration, fear mongering. It's just gross, honestly. So yeah, no more of that. And that's what you have. Like, that's why you listen to this. And you're like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not buying into that stuff anymore. Mm -mm. Awesome, Allie. Well, thanks again for your insight. No, thank you. We haven't talked about um, intermittent fasting before. Really? Mm -mm. Mm. I was kind of afraid to touch it. (laughs) I've talked about it. (laughs) I know you have. I'm always like, you need to listen to Allie's podcast about that. Yeah. You know, because I have friends that are into it and- I used to be into it about five years ago mm-hmm. until I saw and like learned and 
I only did it once. It did not work for me, but it was also at a time when I was horrible. supposed to be like reverse dieting. And I switched from reverse dieting to like intermittent fasting and kind of doing whatever. So mm-hmm. it just was not a good, I just felt miserable. Yeah. I was, I remember like specifically sitting in a chair and just being like, God, when can I eat? <laughs> well, I also don't do well with like, I am an upholder in terms of like the four tendencies, but I also have a little bit of rebel. So when you tell me I can't eat until whatever o'clock, I'm like, F you, I'm going to eat whenever I want. So that doesn't work well for me. I, I have done a lot of therapy around the gray area Mm -hmm. because I used to be a very extreme person and in being in the wellness industry perpetuated that for me. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I've talked about this about like products and food and organic and being perfect and all of that stuff. And so I have actually had to walk myself back the other direction quite a bit. Um, and so I don't put any rules on myself ever. No rules. That is just thing that I, I do. Nothing is off limits. I eat when I'm hungry. Like that is, um, something that's really served me well. I don't have rules either. I I hadn't thought about it in that way, but I don't have rules either. Mm -mm. I don't put boundaries on those types of things. No, I don't say I'm not going to eat cake at this birthday party. Interesting. I'm not like I used to be grain-free, dairy-free, soy-free, gluten-free, all those things. And I am not anything free. Mm -hmm. I try to like reduce certain things sometimes and based on symptoms or whatever, but like nothing free hundred percent. I'm so proud of us. Yeah, I know. Took a lot of therapy. Yeah. (laughs) but it's you guys it's so much more life is a lot better without all those rules so much better yeah I feel so much more carefree I'm a lot more fun to be around yeah a lot more fun to go out to dinner with yeah (laughs) go out to dinner now yeah huh well that that's a really positive message to end on because like there's hope you don't have to subscribe to all those rules just because your favorite wellness influencer, you know, who's skinny, skinny as a rail tells you this is what she does. Yeah. Mm-mm. Nothing against skinny people. I'm not trying to body shame. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Allie. Well, until next time. Yes. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you found it helpful and I hope you feel empowered to make better decisions for yourself based out of knowledge and not out of fear. You guys, if you want to connect with Allie, check her out at AllieDameron.com. And then of course, all of her outlets on social media. I truly value her friendship and the knowledge that she shares with us, not only each time she speaks with us on the show, but in her social media. Have a wonderful day and we'll talk to you soon.